Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 12th of April. We are like almost to the middle of the month. And we are starting to get warmer weather out here, but the weather around our country has been crazy. It's like you're hearing of these huge snowstorms, and two weeks ago they were having huge floods, and everything's so big. And I don't know if it's how they report it or what's going on, but holy cow. So today we have Questions Friday. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't wait until today because I wanted to discuss something that we had a conversation over on my page about the difference between when we call ourselves souls, we start to see the bigger picture. And all of a sudden, there's this whole conversation about souls are the people who left the world, which is something Christopher Sedre said. And I said, well, we are souls now. And he said, we are now human beings, people. Souls are spirits. Souls have no physical bodies. And then I said, it's semantics. And he said, is it also semantics when we call people souls, right? Well, I can tell you something. I never called people souls until I saw Christ. Never once. I never thought of it. People were people and you were a person and it was said and done. So then I'm I'm reading this and at first I was a little surprised because our soul leaves this world but it was here. So we have it while we are here. And once I started looking at souls, souls, I looked at them different. I looked at everybody different because I looked at them as more than what I see. Because our soul as the content of every single place we've ever been, it's the contents of home, of here, of whatever we've done from existence, which is why we are veiled while we are here, because we came here to grow our soul in another way. Argument, and I call it an argument like a, or a debate, maybe debate is better, not argument. Um, how important it is for us. I mean, who knows that the soul doesn't have a physical body or not? Who decided we're human beings and people here? What if we didn't have the word human beings or people or souls? We will always know there's that richness that we are a spirit. Body is not the soul. And the soul is not the body, ultimately. But while we are here, without the soul, we would not be alive. 
we leave our body behind when our soul leaves the body. So the soul is here. And so I was very taken aback by the steadfast, like, push to separate the two because we are not separated from our soul ever. Even when we come here, we're, we're cut in two almost, like our twin soul. There's a part of us that stays home and a part of us that stays here. So I didn't understand and wanted to note, but I didn't understand where the conversation came from or went. So then somebody says, people are souls, packaged in bodies, walking this earth, and we are people. And I think Nadia's advice in the post above is great and beautifully poetic. It's easy to forget that the body is in fact the temple of a soul. So Christopher writes to this person, Karen Halden, does the physical body exist? Are we souls having a human experience? Are people's souls packaged in their bodies? Is the body the temple of our souls? Are these questions a matter of semantics? These are very good questions. I hope Nadia too will comment because I would love to hear her answer as well. See if this resonates. The soul body problem is a very interesting and long topic of discussion, which would take a very lengthy answer. So for now, I will say yes and no, depending on our state of awareness, but mostly yes for the majority of us living in this physical plane. The more we identify with this physical reality, the more real it appears. According to quantum physics, Subatomic particles have been proven to behave based on our intention. It has been discovered that these particles organize in expected ways when observed. These patterns completely change and there is no observer. If we, oh, it is also very important to realize that there is a collective mind that holds this plane of reality the way it's manifesting to us. These are very strong patterns that are hard to break. That's the reason why the work of becoming an aware being has to start with each one of us. Now we're going off into a whole nother conversation. Now we're talking about our intentions and all and, and how we create our realities and what level of, re, of awareness we are. But the soul is in the body. I don't know what else to say. Our soul exists in our body. It's a great comment. It's a great way of looking at things. It's a great understanding of quantum physics and subatomic particles, but at the end of the day, I would, I kind of go with Christ. I I don't know how to argue with Christ because every time I have, I've gone back and said, oh my God, you were right wrong or Karen's wrong or J-Rot is wrong saying souls having a human experience and you know everyone says we're just having a human experience well we came here to learn and somewhere in this world we leave it and there's no way to leave it without our soul that's in our body leaves it so just to make that clear just to put that out there I only say, like, these things pop out of me in a second, and then I'm learning from them. 
But when we call ourselves souls, we see the bigger picture. That was the post. When we say five souls were killed today, we attach in one way or another to the bigness of God and the bigger picture. Even if we didn't believe in God and we said the word soul, we all understand that there's greater depth in using a word that actually describes who we really are because our body isn't who we really are, but it is while we are here. So when people say, well, you know, we don't have a physical body, does the physical body exist? Well, yeah. If you could see me, I'm here. I can't get into maybe we do and maybe we don't. Those kinds of arguments are like exercise, and we can have them all day long. But let's just take a peek at what we can see, what we can feel, what we can do, and why we can do it. And it's all because I have a body. So, yes, I do have a physical body until I don't. So I wasn't really sure. I couldn't even answer because it just got too detailed for my brain to just take it on and and just have the physical time to keep going. And then another person writes, be your soul. And Christopher writes, God is the only soul. Why not be like God instead? Because we have to be us while we're here or not. What do you do? We're here. We have a body while we're here. We have to take care of it. It can get sick. It can be healthy. It can get injured. We have a body. And in that body, the thing that runs that body is our soul. Why not be like God instead to learn what we came here to do? And God is our guide. God is our love the part of us that's love that we know. But it's not all or nothing. Like you're you're with God. You're you're a partner to yourself because as you understand yourself and you see the bigger picture, you do understand God. But sometimes we glorify God to such a point that we can't relate to God. God is the only soul. We are souls. Why not be like God? We are like God. As much as we can be aware of, don't ever forget the value of being veiled. When we are born, when we are born and we are here, and we are first introduced to the body, the soul enters the physical body at any time during pregnancy. Until the soul enters the body, you are not you yet. Depending on the experience you are coming to have, but then you are released from the body. You are born, and you are here in this world. In the very beginning, you can see both worlds. And you still, if, if you've ever been near babies, all babies have this brand new smell. They all smell the same. Beautiful, 
beautiful smell. And it lasts for a little bit of time, brand new babies. There's so many miracles that a pregnant woman experiences if she's aware. And I don't mean aware, like spiritually aware, but, you know, not abusing herself or her body or anything like that. Just to go through the stages of pregnancy and to realize that this is happening kind of, you know, you can't make it happen. You just have to eat properly and walk, but the baby's going to grow whether you want to or not, and the baby's going to come out whether you want it to or not. A woman yet on the face of this earth who has stopped the pregnancy from becoming a birth. But we are all souls, at least according to Christ. I'm not arguing with it. It's just the conversation took me by such surprise that I thought, could we have been talking all this time and we're saying we're not souls. What are we? If we're, if we're just people and we get killed here, then we just die. We don't go anywhere. We don't do anything. That's it. It's over. Done. So <laughs> something to think about. Because it isn't that the argument is good or bad or right or wrong. It was such a surprise. And then for it to go this far to where we're finally, you know, commenting on people's comments, saying God is the only soul. Why not be like God instead? Because we have to be ourselves to find God. You can't be so hard-lined about life. You can't. Cannot be so hard-lined about life. You can't. Because we are already under so much pressure to be perfect, to be great, to be the person who does as much as we can. We have to make a living. We have all this stuff that we've set up for us to do in order to live some sense of awareness in our lives. And if it weren't for the fact that we could see a bigger picture, this would be really hard for all of us. Put it out there that I can't imagine not thinking of us as a soul. I can't imagine. Just can't. But thank you for the back and forth because it really made me – it surprised me, not in a good or bad way, it just surprised me that the thought of us not being sold was that strong in the conversation. Okay, so I have another question. And this one, oh, there was um, some comments in the chat. Wow, there were a lot of comments in the chat because I guess it went on. But um, we are traveling souls. This is from Psychic Reflections. DNA proves this. Harvard says, the junk DNA states in every known language, we are the temple of the soul. The kingdom is within. Merkerba. Edgar, and I want to say, Case, 
talked about the soul mind. The body is a reflection of the soul. Edgar Case, before ever every reading, would say, we have a body here. There is one soul, and each is a part of one soul. Same consciousness. Sound gone, sound back. Greg Braden is merging science and spirituality together. This Brenda Bradshaw loves your show. Thank you. It's such a great conversation. Conversation. I think one of the greatest things and feelings that I have had towards us was thinking of us as a soul, believe it or not. That healed a lot of things inside of me to know. And so I was like, wow, well, then what do you think people are? Because then it's easy to put people down in a different way because we'll say, well, we're just people. You know, just, you just think about God. Well, of course we're going to think about God. Just such a deep conversation, such an awareness. And, and, you know, Christopher always has these great different perspectives. And they shock me sometimes because it's like the devil's advocate. No matter what I write, there's always the but what if. That one just kept going. And it kept going no matter whose comment it was. And the deeper I got into the thought process of where this was coming from, I thought to myself, no, this just has to be said. So I also had another question. While I was filming yesterday, um, it was it was crazy that I filmed three full hours on parenting. We did the, like the zero to five and then the five to 12, the preteens, and then the teenage years. And as I did it, the people that are filming, because this has become a total experience for all of us. What was going to be two weeks became four, and now next week will be five weeks of filming to know my work and then filming these topics. And what has happened is, as we've gone on, they started having all these questions. And I said, wow, you know, we have questions Friday on the radio show And on the radio show, that's the biggest show where people ask questions. And they said, well, we could see why, because now we have all these questions. So every time we film a segment or a class or a part of the program, what happens is there's a part where they have to do B-roll, where they have to, like, just film my hands moving. And I can't move my hands unless I talk. So the the camera person starts asking me questions and then I forget that they're even just filming my hands and I start talking. So we go through this whole thing every day and those B-rolls, it turns out they were filming. And at first I was not aware of the fact that they were filming them. One camera was filming them. The other one was just doing my hands and they would ask me all these questions about parenting. And I thought to myself, as I was talking about parenting, that I had never had to punish my children throughout their entire childhood. I never had to punish them. Whatever punishment meant, take away things, put them in the room, not see them, tell them they've done something crazy or bad. I just never had to do it. Thought about it at the time. It was the aftermath of my kids being raised 
and people would ask me. And it, it started when one of my sisters said to me, well, you know, everybody screams at their kids and everybody does this and everybody does that. And I'm listening to her and I said, well, yeah. She goes, well, you do too. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if I did. I couldn't remember a time. So I said, let me ask my kids because I can't remember if I have or if I did. So I asked my kids, you guys, was there a time I ever, like, punished you or something? Like, what did I ever do? They thought about it, and they said the same thing. No. So now they wanted to know. They asked me, well, how did you not do that? That's something we need to talk about. So I thought, well, I don't know what to say about it because I still don't know. I have to, like, actually go back and think of how I raised them. So as I was telling them how I raised my kids, they're looking at me like I just landed from a spaceship. And I said, I think I was a kid with my kids. I feel like the three of us raised each other. I never thought of me being the one in charge. I always thought of all of us being in charge, even though they were little, part of our decision-making. Not when they were, like, just born, but when they could talk and when we could do things. But I also understood that, you know, I had to get them there, but I loved getting them there. I never thought that there was something else I could be doing that was better and that they were not as important as I was because I was older. It was just what now I looked at as a strange mindset compared to what they were asking me. Because as I was answering the question, I see that, you know, the writing in the chat, you know, the mirrors of others, you are correct, a complete unit, but we moved like that. So I never thought about, having to punish them. I remember when my daughter was little and she went through this biting thing where she just wanted to bite everybody and it seemed to give her this great satisfaction when she bit like that that to her teeth or something. I don't know where that satisfaction stemmed from. But she was like four years old and she's, you know, going around and, you know, it's not like a dog biting, but she was really getting a good chunk out of people. And one day we were at somebody's house and Somebody was doing the dishes, someone's grandmother, and she went to the back of them and bit her like above the knee and the back of the leg, and the and the grandmother just screamed. And, and you know, a little kid, they can really press because they don't understand what they've done. So I thought, well, I keep telling her, you know, that, that hurts people. You can't continue to do that. <laughs> someone put the mouth is the most intuitive center to taste. She just had the thing in her. So I know it sounds funny, but, you know, it, it hurts people that she was doing it to. So I didn't know how to tell her that this was not okay, like just really not okay. You're, you're now, you know, making people scream and it hurts. So I thought to myself, I told her, come here. And this is obviously after we got home. At the time, I just got her away from people and didn't want her to bite anybody, especially, you know, even another child because it would hurt. So I, I, I get her at home, and we're there the next day, and we're talking and playing. And I said, you know, come here. So she comes, and I bit her. 
I said, give me your hand. I want to bite you the way it, you bite other people because I want you to know what that feels like when you bite someone that hard. And so she kind of didn't really buy into it. So then I said, no, no, let me bite you again and let me keep going until you tell me to stop when it hurts. So I kept doing it, like I just kept pressing, pressing, pressing until it hurt. And then after we did that, she just looked at me and I said, that's how people feel when you bite them. And she never did it again. She just did not have awareness. I see that's exactly what you wrote. And she said, you went into her mirror. And that was the nuts and bolts of raising my kids was involving them in the solution when they were very, very young. And it's written in the chat, you were teaching. We are their teachers. We're their parents, but we are our children's first teachers. Whether we verbalize it or not, they are a sponge sucking us in one experience at a time. But when we, another human being, another soul, whatever we want to call ourselves, with respect, respect in, respect out. And what we do when our children are young serves the entire family well when our children hit their teenage years. Having a structure, telling them the truth. And the truth isn't, we treat truth as though it's brutal, the way you run your household. Like, yeah, I do want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. That simple. By the time they need you, when their brain is now deciding how to be a child but not be a child, want to leave, want to stay home, you know, start involving other people in your lives, you start seeing different parts of your kids. When they get to that teenage years where their experiences feel raw and hard and very conscious and all of these things start swirling around in their orbit, that structure you built, that truth you told, even when they don't want to believe you, even when they want to fight you, they will know that what you came to them with is true. That level of truth, when, when Christ says the truth propels, tells, it grows into a place of trust. It grows into a place of love. It grows into a place of structure for the mind of the child when it needs it most. We will always have that fight. Just like she's saying in the, in the chat, we are working with the shadows of the ego mind. But the ego comes in huge, hard force in the early teenage years. Because prior to that, we're like these protected souls. You know, you can scream at a kid if, you, if that's how you deal with it. And five minutes later, they're out playing and they don't even care because they're so in the moment. They don't have a past yet. They don't know future yet. And they're right in the moment. It's when they start to lose that protection in their early teenage years and they feel awkward. They feel conscious. They feel 
all these things because now they're they're learning that duality that you know what I can have these thoughts why am I having these thoughts these thoughts aren't as fun as they were when I was a kid what's going on it's very interesting as we grow but communication conversation everything done with respect as though they weren't a child but that they are care and you have the choice to put in them the most beautiful things you can think of choose the beautiful things you guys it's already over what a fast show I will see you on Monday morning. Thank you for being here. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.